Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on 8. Yeah, I know. But that's 8 floors up. That's like 8 times 8. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. All right, guys, you were locked on Falcons. I am your host, Aaron Freeman. I am joined this week by none other than my friend David Walker over at the Falcoholic. You know him as DW. Tonight we are talking about the NFL schedule. It just dropped. We are 30 minutes from it dropping, even though technically it leaked a little bit earlier today if you're a Falcons fan. But we are going to talk about that. You are locked on Falcons, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Well, I, I should say, welcome back to the land of the living. You, you seem to sort of drop off the face of the earth like a week after free agency and then sort of resurface in the last week. So it's, it's nice to see that you're still alive. Well, I appreciate that. It, face of the earth it really more was disappeared to Canada for a while, but so be it. Yeah. You know, when you're not, you know, if you're not spending every day tweeting about the NFL and the Falcons, then you're clearly not living a life. So um, I'm, I'm glad you're back on board with us. So, um, yeah, let's let's jump into the schedule. Not, not the sort of schedule I think a little bit unorthodox. Would, would you agree with there on, on sort of how it's laid out? Yeah, there's some very intriguing things that they threw in here and um, really interested to get into this conversation because – had a little bit of time to digest it, and I've got some strong thoughts in some of this. Okay. Well, you know, we're going to break it down by quarters, um, so we'll just sort of jump around the first four weeks or so. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously we should probably talk about the opener, which uh, is on the road against the Bears. That was a little unexpected given the, the reports earlier in the week that were su- suggesting that the Falcons would get that opening Sunday night game to open up their stadium. They will get that – uh, opening, uh, they will get to open their stadium on Sunday Night Football, but that's going to be week two against the Packers. So, did that throw you for a curveball when you saw that Bears game? It did, and uh, you know, no, no disrespect to the Bears, but I figured the first opponent would at least be, uh, you know, potentially another one of the playoff teams from 2016. So, I was kind of surprised to see, you know, a team that's going to be picking in the top ten picks next week as our first opponent. Uh, maybe that's a good thing, but. Yeah, a little bit surprised to see us on the road and to see us not, you know, facing off against a team like maybe Dallas or Green Bay uh, to kick off the season. Yeah, that whole like I looked at the Week One schedule league wide, and it just it's weird. It's very weird. Like they picked New England Chiefs for the Thursday night game, which probably you know I think the Patriots play the Texans, the Falcons, and the Chiefs at home. And why would you pick the Chiefs for that game? I, it just and like the I think the first Monday night game. Is the Saints and the Vikings? It's like what? Like, and then the, the, I think the the doubleheader is the Chargers and the Broncos. Why didn't you pick the Raiders for that right. game? You know, Saints and the Vikings. Like, really? Like, what? And of course, <laughs> the, the Sunday night game is is of course Giants Cowboys, like it is every year. But every year, it's ridiculous. Like when people were talking about, oh yeah, we'll get the the Cowboys. I'm like, I don't know. They're going to put the Giants the Cowboys. <laughs> As soon as possible, they can on that Sunday night game because they they do that every year. 
They sure do. It's it's yeah. annoying, but it is at least they're consistent with it. Yeah. So um, yeah, the, the Bears game was a little quirky, but it's sort of par for the course when you start looking at some of the other Week One matchups. It's just kind of like, why did they pick these games to open the season up? They're like, they're you know maybe if I look deeper, then maybe they're saving their best for last. But if they want to get this season off to a good start in terms of generating ratings, I don't think this Week One matchup not just for the Falcons, but for the league-wide, is, is really going to do it for them. But um, moving on, um, obviously we get the first regular season game in the stadium um, in that Week 2 game against the Packers. Not a surprise. I think that was the smart money was going to be either the Cowboys or the, or the Packers um, in terms of opening up the stadium, get some um, one of those marquee opponents in, in into the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, Part of my brain still wants to say Georgia Dome, but um, yeah. What do, what do you think about this uh, rematch of the NFC Championship game? Uh, well, I, I'm sure Green Bay fans will be itching for this one. Um, you know, I guess Atlanta fans you know, we'll, we'll have to play them again after going two and zero against them last year. But <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's it is still a good matchup, and it's always fun to see a top tier quarterback like Aaron Rodgers come in. Uh, so you know, a good way to open. Uh, the first game at Mercedes-Benz. I almost said Georgia Dome as well, so you're not alone there. Um, I was I was really hoping that this would be, you know, maybe the opener, but you know, second week, I guess we'll take it. And primetime game makes a lot of sense. Um, following up to, to wrap up this first quarter of games, they have a road game against the Lions and a home game against the Bills. Um, any sort of thoughts on on either of those two matchups that you're uh, looking forward to? Uh, both teams are kind of, you know, eh. I mean, they're they're not great, not terrible, so not really inspiring. But I guess uh, that is the uh, the luck that we drew there. Um, I'm really not inspired to talk about the Lions or, or Bills that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're two. I think they're two solid teams that certainly have what it takes to give the Falcons. Uh, you know, assuming that the Falcons don't fall off the face of the earth. Uh, a challenge that Lions game does worry me a little bit just because it's coming off the heels of what's going to be a very emotional game against the yep. Packers and to go on the road um, that following week and, and face a, a solid Lions team, not a great Lions team, but a solid Lions team that, you know, can catch a slip in if, if you're not paying attention, that game does worry me a little bit. I'm, you know, I'm not necessarily losing any sleep over it, but that'll be something as we get closer to the season whether or not this Lions team looks like it's going to be a little bit more of a formidable team in the NFC than uh, currently. They just sort of look at like a, a fringe playoff team at this point. I think the Bills yeah, are sort of the same way. Um, yeah. You know, it's basically if you're not the Patriots in the AFC East, you're just hoping that you can get that six seed. And uh, I think the Bills might have what it takes if, if, you know, Sean McDermott is worth his salt as a head coach. Absolutely. But again, not, not a particularly inspiring team at this point. At this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, then we get the bye week. Pretty early bye. I don't think the Falcons have had a bye this early since, what, 2013-ish? Somewhere around that? Yeah, I'm not a fan of it either. I like I like the byes to be either middle of the season or towards the back end of the season. So, not a big fan of getting that week five bye week. Um, those, those late bye weeks really pay off where injuries are concerned. And typically... You know, early on, you don't sustain a ton of injuries, or hopefully you don't. So um, that that means a long, uh, was it twelve game stretch to finish off the season, and then hopefully go into the playoffs. So yeah, I'm not a not a fan of that at all. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, it's tough. Um, you know, the Falcons have been pretty lucky over the years. Um, sort of almost every year is getting that sort of sweet spot that eight, week eight, week between week eight and week 11, sort of bye week. Um, and, you know, I, I guess it's time that we, you know, our, our time has come due, I guess, where we get one of these early bye weeks or whatever. I think that's the first bye week this year because I, I thought I saw somewhere where they're not having any week four buys this year. But, yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough bye week, especially when you, we get into the second quarter of the schedule where the Falcons have three road, road games to, to wrap this thing up. Um, week six game is at home against the Dolphins, which is, I guess, a nice sort of, um, palate cleanser before they get into, (laughs) you know, then they follow that up in in week seven with the Sunday night game on the road against the Patriots. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, a lot of emotion. I, I, you know, I don't know what's what exactly the emotion is going to be, but certainly will be a game that the team will certainly get up for. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think every Falcons fan has already highlighted the Patriots game uh, <laughs> as a redemption game, hopefully uh, to make up for some of the bad memories from earlier this year, which I won't talk about. Yeah, I understand. And. Um, yeah, then we get the Jets, so I guess we're, we're going to get four straight games against AFC East opponents. Yeah, um, that is such a strange sequence there. I mean, Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. Let's, we're getting the entire AFC East out of the way in one big chunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it, it's weird that we, we start the season with three NFC North games. Yeah, yep. it's, it's, it's Bears, very... Uh, Packers, Lions, right. Yeah. And so, you know, we get the, the Jets, who I'm already predicting are going to be the worst team in the league this year after the Patriots game. Um, you know, I'm glad we're getting the Jets after the Patriots game because I'd be concerned for the same reasons about that Lions game. Very emotional game going on the road at the following week. Um, you know, you could have a little bit of a letdown performance, but thankfully they, the Falcon, the schedule makers put the, the worst team in the league you know, it's like playing the Browns or something like that. So <laughs> it's um, like having another bye week, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so you know, the Jets are terrible, but that's not going to prepare them for a, a tough their first divisional game against the Panthers. We all know the divisional games always tend to be tough, and right. you know, last year, fortunately, they weren't that hard. Um, and you know, every single previous year, it seemed like the Falcons, no matter how good they were. They were going to struggle in, in some of those divisional games. So um, hopefully we can see a little bit more 2016 NFC South uh, Falcons play than, um, you know, the nine previous years prior to that or whatever it was. So, yeah, uh, I do find it interesting that our first divisional opponent is not until November 5th. So it really it comes late, you know, really at the midpoint of the season against the Panthers. So um, it just shows you the back end of the schedule which I guess we'll get into is very um, loaded with uh, our divisional opponents. Yeah. You know, and looking at these first two quarters of the schedule, um, you know, outside of those two big primetime games, you're not less necessarily looking at the first half of the Falcon schedule um, and, and correct me if you disagree, but in saying, Oh, this is, this is a tough schedule. It's quirky. It's quirky to play NFC North, NFC North, NFC North, and then AFC East back to, to together and then sort of having that three game road stand. But it just seems like, yeah, this is the sort of schedule that the Falcons can get off to a, a nice start. But when you have sort of a 
mediocre or soft if if you're willing to go that far start to the season. That usually means it's going to get a lot tougher in the back end. Yep. And, um, you know, in that third quarter, we get the uh, Week 10 matchup against the Cowboys. That's going to be in Atlanta. But uh, this is the the NFC Championship game that so many people wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll, we'll get to test our medal against that uh, Cowboys offensive line, who scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we only have, of our first eight games, only two of those teams were playoff teams in 2016, uh, Green Bay and, and, of course, the Patriots. So every everyone else in that front half of the schedule were not playoff teams. And that's not always a great indicator, but I, I do think it, you know, to your point, it sort of shows that the first half of the, the season, uh, you know, if we go off 2016, it does look a little bit weaker than, you know, what we're getting in the back half. Yeah. So what do you think about that Cowboys matchup? Is this going to be one of, you know, it's hard to project, as you just said, but do you feel like this is going to be one of the tougher matchups the Falcons face all year long? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, uh, I was scared to death of facing uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, in the playoffs because of uh, because of that offensive line. Um, now, I, I do, I think they're a good matchup. I, I think it will be a good game. You know, I think the Falcons... Uh, pass defense will match up well with what you know Dallas tries to do. I'm not sure uh, Dallas's defense is going to be the big wild card there, uh, but of course, you know, is the Falcons' offense going to be the same uh, without Shanahan? So uh, I think that's that's a really intriguing matchup. I'm looking forward to that to that game. Yep, and then the very next week on uh, Week 11 on the road again in Seattle on Monday Night Football. So uh, another primetime game. Another uh, road test against Seattle, uh, where it just seems to be very tough to win games. Because nothing bad ever happens in Seattle in primetime games for the other team, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's never gone poorly for the other team in Seattle. No, it has not. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Always, yeah, something always seems to pop off in a a Seahawks game in primetime. It's crazy. Um. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's a nice rematch of the playoff game. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll see whether Seattle is going to, you know, last season was a little dip for them or just sort of the beginning of a downward trend. You know, obviously, I'm sure there's a Seahawks podcast out there like, oh, the, we'll find out the Falcons are for real as well. Right. So, um, you know, it, it goes both ways. But uh, it'll be interesting to see sort of what levels, you know, because Seattle, at least the last couple of years, has been the, the measuring stick that you measure yourself against when you're in the NFC. And, and so we'll see whether, the, you know, that game, certainly, if the Falcons are going to be making a playoff run, we certainly want to see them perform well in that game. So, um, Absolutely. You know, you know it, Seattle will never be a pushover. Uh, you know, they might be on the on the downward trend, but they're not going to be a pushover, especially at home. Yeah, so. yeah agreed. Yeah, not, not in the link, not in the link. And then the following week, we start our three-game homestand. I, I guess the schedule makers threw us a bone there uh, uh, with our second NFC South opponent against the Bucks, followed up by another home game against the Vikings uh, to finish off the third quarter of the schedule. What are your thoughts on those games? Uh, the Bucks, to me, are a very intriguing team coming into this season. Uh, I think they have the potential to be uh, very noisy in the NFC. Uh, I think they've got a lot of intriguing pieces, both on – uh, defense and on offense, so uh, that could that could end up being a very important game uh, in establishing who's going to take the lead uh, within the division. So I I actually think that um, 
if you're looking for another team in the division that's going to push the Falcons, I would pick the Buccaneers before I would pick the Panthers. Um, of course, people say that every year, and <laughs> yes. the Bucks always seem to be the yes. team that regresses at the end of the season, so maybe I'll eat those words. But right now on paper, I think they're um, the second-best team in the NFC South. So I like that. And the Vikings, I, you know what? To me, the, the big question for the Vikings is going to be, will Bridgewater be back? Um, and if not, you know, are, are they going to be able to protect Sam Bradford better than they did? Because as bad as Seattle's offensive line was, the Vikings' offensive line was maybe comparable in, in, in how putrid they were. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of team they feel. Their defense, I think, is still going to be one of the top defenses. Um, but offensively, I think they're, they're a huge wild card. Yes, I agree with you um, on both points. I've been p- picking the Bucks to be sort of that, you know, come out of nowhere team to shock people for about six years now, it seems like. <laughs> and every year I've been wrong about that. But I figure if I just keep picking them, eventually it'll be right and be like, see, I, I told you guys the Bucks were going to be. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the Vikings, you know, they're, they people forget that they got off to a really good start last year. And, and people were talking about how their defense was the best defense in the league. You go back to 2014 and, and 2015, if I'm not mistaken. And that defense played extremely well against the Falcons' offense. Now, I know that we all believe that the Falcons' offense is much better now than it was then. But, you know, that defense is the type of defense that can sort of – is built to slow down an offense like the Falcons. So that'll be a a good matchup. And I think this third quarter of the season, at least right now, we'll we'll see what plays out. Everything is always different. But uh, that third quarter with the Cowboys, the, the Seahawks, the Bucks, and the Vikings, at least from an opponent standpoint, that's our four toughest opponents of the season. Fortunately, I think having three of those games be at home does give the Falcons an edge that um, they can maybe potentially come out of that looking a lot better than maybe they would be if, if you know the it was flipped and, and we were going on the road against some of those opponents. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. I, I, I think if we were – uh, on the road against the majority of those opponents, that would be sort of a murderer's row, similar to what we faced early last year when we were having to go on the road against Denver, followed by Seattle, you know, right after the, the Oakland game. So uh, I, I think I would much rather face those teams at home than having to, you know, uh, travel all across the country to face them. So uh, I, at least we're getting these. Um, at the back half, and we're getting a lot more of our games in the back half of the season uh, at Mercedes-Benz. Yep. And uh, wrapping up the last quarters of the schedule, it is all NFC South games all the time. You, mm. It starts off with a Thursday night game uh, against the Saints at home in, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, wrapping up that three-game road stand. Um, you know, coming off that Vikings game, which you know is going to be a physical game, and having that short week against the Saints – um, you know, I don't have a, you know, if I'm power ranking the NFC South, I'd put the Saints fourth in the power rankings, but, um, you know, we'll see whether or not, you know, it's the Saints of old or it's the same old seven and nine Saints that shows up in, in 2017. So, um, you know, that will always be an intriguing matchup because there are obviously our biggest rivals in terms of historically, not necessarily on the field as of late, but, um, what are your thoughts on that game? Well, it, it, Drew Brees is 38, um, and that is getting really, really close to that point at which the arm of a quarterback begins to just completely disappear. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure – wasn't 
Peyton Manning, 38 or 39 in his last season, um, where it, he just basically physically the body just starts letting him down. Uh, Breeze has been what's carried that team, so it's going to depend on you know where he's at in uh, at, at this late stage in his career. Um, if he's still slinging the ball, you know he's always going to give him a chance. But by God, that defense! I mean. You know, they've got what's interesting is they've got like some intriguing young players uh, that, you know, look like they've got a ton of potential. And they've got guys like, um, you know, Cameron Jordan, who is a, you know, an absolute wrecker on the defensive line. Uh, But they just don't seem to ever string it together defensively, at least, you know, not for an extended period of time. So uh, I still I'm I'm with you, I think, until they prove us otherwise. I think they're probably the fourth best team in the division. But God almighty, I've learned not to bet against Drew Brees uh, over the years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's funny to me because when when the Falcons play the Saints, especially last year, like the way that we've played them the last couple of years and sort of the struggles they've had stopping Julio Jones reminds me of the many, many years, a decade plus of, of struggles that we had. It seemed like trying to handle Drew Brees in that offense. And mm-hmm. it just seemed like no matter how much progress we made, the Saints would be like, ha, huh, yeah, you're not that good. And right. it feels like the Falcons have sort of flipped that now. And it's like, even though you're right, I think they do have some pieces on that defense that you would be like, yeah, they should be decent. They should be competent. But then Julio Jones shows up and it's like, yeah, no, <laughs> you're not that competent. Sterling yeah, Moore, exactly. seriously? Really? Okay, sure. Let's <laughs> let's do this. Well, they don't have Jarris Bird anymore to, yeah. you know, watch him yeah. have his hip loca- dislocated <laughs> as he tries to change direction. Oh man, Jarris Bird, what happened to you, man? That's like the that they need to do a thirty for thirty on Jarris Bird. Really, <laughs> it would be so sad. <laughs> Most depressing hour of television ever. <laughs> um, yeah, following that Saints game, we got the Monday night game, our last. What may be our last prime time? I don't know how the flex schedule works anymore. They changed the rules on me last year, and I'm I'm confused. But um, yeah, a, a road game against the Bucks on Monday night for Week 15, following that Saints game. So get a nice little break, then go on the road and, and play what could be the game that potentially decides the division. If yeah. if um, you know our sort of expectations on both of these teams winds up being right, which you know you and I both know that none of, none of the things we say wind up being right, but um, nope. <laughs> we can at least pretend it's April, right? Yeah. Yeah, no one will remember three months from now, sir. Yeah. Seven months from now, as it were. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, you know, if we do wind up being right and the Bucks actually do wind up being pretty decent, we'll be like, we'll tell people every day that we we, we were saying it in April, but if, if they wind up being 4-12, and 12, then, like, I've never said anything about the Bucks. <laughs> this will yeah. disappear into the internet archives. <laughs> Yeah, and then you know, then another road game against the Saints. So, pretty short turnaround on that one. So, I, I guess you know, hopefully that's a double dose of Julio Jones down their throat. Uh, yep. You know, R.I.P. Sterling Moore, um, and then wrapping up the season at home against the Panthers. Yeah, the Panthers game is interesting because to me they're another wild card, um, and. They're going to be a hard team to predict. You know, I, I could easily see them completely bottoming out, and I could also see them competing for the division. Um, and it just—it's going to depend on which Cam Newton shows up. You know, throughout the season, and um, I know which one I hope shows up. 
But at, at this point, I, I do still think I, I really do think the NFC South is one of the stronger overall divisions across the NFL. And I, I think if you look at every single division, it's arguably the only one that has four teams that have basically settled their quarterback position. You know, there's I don't think there's another division where you can say that definitively. And, you know, that that's that. To me, that puts you ahead of everyone else, regardless of what the rest of your roster looks like. When you've got QB figured out, and all four teams in NFC South have that figured out, uh, at least right now, until you know Drew Brees uh, hits retirement age, um, then you know you've got to consider that to be a, a pretty strong division. So, it, I don't want to write off the Saints or the Bucks or the Panthers because you know legitimately um, in the NFL that QB can make all the difference in the world. Yep. Yep. And, you know, I think you you hit on something with sort of where the direction of this division is headed. And we've seen one of the reasons why the Panthers have been able to sort of dominate so much, uh, I think, you know, the last couple of years, with the, obviously last year being the exception, was because, because every team has good quarterback play, the advantage tends to go to the team that plays the best defense. Right. And we knew for many, many years the Saints and the Falcons had pretty horrible defenses. Even when our defenses were solid under Mike Smith, they weren't really good. They were just kind of like good enough. Right. And you see now with Dan Quinn building a defense um, that hopefully will be able to pick up some of the slack that the offense probably will lose with the loss of Shanahan and with the likelihood that not everybody's going to have you know the same – season that they're coming off of, you know, typically there is a little bit of a regression to the mean, especially with Matt Ryan having the best season of his career, probably not going to duplicate it. We still hope that he'll have a very good season, but right. Well, he arguably had one of the 10 best seasons ever for a quarterback. If you go by passer rating and some of the other statistics. So yeah, that's, (laughs) that's a really lofty expectation to put on somebody anyways. So yeah. And and, and so I, I think, you know, the defense, whether or not this Falcons defense is going to look like the defense it was in the second half of last season, um, and sort of that's the baseline now, and build upon that as we get further along in 2017 is going to be the big question. Um, Because, you know, even if the offense does fall off a little bit, we do know, okay, you know, it has a built-in excuse. It has, oh, well, there's a new offensive coordinator. Oh, well, you know, Chris Chester retire. You know, I don't know if that how big a, a great excuse that's going to be, but you know, there's there's certain things that you can sit there and you can sort of forgive the offense for not being the juggernaut that it was last season. Which you know, it was one of the what I think it was if you include the playoffs, it was the third highest scoring offense in NFL history. So right, and and, and so um, you know, the the big onus is going to be on whether the defense can step up, and I think if it does, and I think it certainly. On paper, you can certainly make the argument that it, it will, can and should. Um, it's just whether or not they'll prove it on the field. And, and so I think that's really going to be what this 2017 season is all about. How much more work needs to be put into this defense? Are they already, is the foundation already firm and solid for this to be one of the, the better defenses in the league? Or are we still, you know, two, three pieces away or whatnot? And we'll, we'll find out as we get to, you know, 2018 January 2018 we'll know the answer to that yeah I do think it's interesting that you know when you talk about the draft coming up next week when you talk about the Falcons almost every Falcons fan uh at least in their mind has 
you know, several of the early picks still going towards defense. So I, I think most Falcons fans agree on in principle that the defense is not yet a fully baked product. It, it's, you know, arguably heading in the right direction. Um, but you don't hear people clamoring for a ton of picks on the offense still. You know, I think most people would say, oh, well, if we if we get that right guard position shored up, then we can focus on the defense. So um, I, th- I think that speaks a little bit towards that. But then again, you know, to your point, you look at the rest of the teams in the division. Uh, Panthers have an aging defense, uh, except maybe for, you know, s- some of their young guys like Keekley and, and Quan Short and uh, Lode Lele. Uh, the Saints are you know, really inconsistent. And the Bucks have young guys, but you're sort of, you know, they've got Mike Smith at defense coordinator. We know what that looks like. So, uh, yeah, I, I still think the NFC South holds a lot of intrigue, but I do, I feel good about the Falcons. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. This is an interesting schedule. I think it, I think there's some good stuff and I think there's some challenges we've got, we're going to have to overcome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it has the makings of a schedule that I, I think can go one of two ways. It's either going to be, a nice challenge, to, a little bit of a proving ground for the Falcons to, to prove that, um, you know, last year wasn't a fluke. Um, and But, you know, I think there's also the capacity that some of these challenges, you know, the three-game road stand, you know, five of the last six games being divisional games, um, that third quarter against some of, the, some of the tougher opponents could sort of put a ceiling on, on maybe if, if this team does have a dip. Uh, again, I, I don't want to sound too negative or, or doom and gloomy, by saying that, but it'll be interesting to sort of see what the narrative is after the season when we look back at the schedule and be like, man, that was a that was a tougher schedule. Than, you know, and last year we went into last year's season thinking we had the toughest schedule in the league, and it was one of the reasons yeah. why I was not at all optimistic about the team's chances. This year's schedule is, is certainly um, lives gives credence to sort of that having a little bit more of an optimistic outlook on the season, but. As things tend to go in in the NFL, and with, when you're a Falcon fan, things don't go always according to plan. So it'll certainly be a, a fun ride, and hopefully we won't be uh, stressing out too much about it. Yeah, and you know, I, I think the the big thing to always remember with the NFL, and, and as long as we've both watched this, you know, this always comes into play every single season. Uh, the teams that stay healthy are the ones that tend to have the most success throughout the season. So. Uh, you know, to me, that's always the wild card. Uh, we, we had some pretty good luck last year. Um, we didn't lose a lot of key guys. I mean, you know, we did lose true font towards the back end of the season, but, um, you know, by and large, most of our starters remain remained in place. And I think that was definitely a factor. So that's always going to be, you know, that wild card that the NFL offers every single year. You know, the teams that have a ton of promise. Uh, get derailed by injuries and it opens up the door for those surprise teams. So uh, it's what keeps us addicted, like a bunch of heroin addicts <laughs> drifting into street corners, looking for our fix. It's the NFL people. You can't break it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's a great point. DW uh, to me, it's always about the, the best teams are the teams that are able to rise above the adversity that the NFL is inevitably going to throw your way, whether that's injuries whether that's having a quirky schedule, whether that's going to London, all those sorts of things that people can sit there and complain about, oh man, they screwed us over with this, or they screwed us over with this, the football gods aren't shining on us, but you know, your destiny is what you make. And I know coming off that 2015 season, I had very little 
confidence in this team's ability to, to come through the adversity given that losing streak in the second half of that year. But then coming off of this past season where I felt like, you know, they they were able to overcome a lot of things. Um, it's put me in a, a little bit more of a positive outlook. Obviously, you guys know me. I can't be that positive. I always have to, <laughs> to, 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 to piss in the punch bowl at some point. But it is one of those things where I do feel, even for me, I do feel a little bit more confident to – a little bit more optimistic that this team will be able to overcome some of the quirks in the schedule and be able to get through some of the adversity. And it's just a matter of proving it. You know, I'm, I'm always been a person. I believe things when I see them as opposed to just blindly um, sort of just thinking the best out possible outcome is going to come to fruition. And it was one of the reasons why I was very late on the bandwagon last season. And was, um, but it's one of those things where I think over the, you know, Last game withstanding, um, yeah, it's one of those things where I feel a lot more confident going into the season that things will turn out just fine. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, you know, I am definitely sort of on the opposite side, definitely more positive overall. But at the same time, uh, you know, we are coming off a of Super Bowl, but last year, so were the Panthers. And, you know, some key injuries. You know, people talk about the Panthers and how they fell off the face of the earth, you know, uh, uh, in their win loss, but uh, you forget there were some key injuries they suffered as well uh, last year that certainly hurt um, their ability to compete at the highest levels. So, uh, you know, again, it's, um, I am also optimistic. I feel great about the Falcons, you know, chances to get back to the playoffs and make noise again. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the NFL is has always been a great equalizer, except where the Patriots can, are concerned. They, they just always <laughs> seem, you know, they always just seem to skate above all of that. The rest of us are, you know, in the muck of it. And the Patriots just kind of always go 14 and two and and, you know, coast into the playoffs. But uh, that notwithstanding, you know, the, the NFL has a way of uh, keeping us humble. Uh, so I, I don't want to get too excited and, and start predicting like 14 and two or 15 and one records. Um, but I do think the Falcons, if they can stay healthy and if they play um, the way that they showed us, they could play last year. I, I think this is a schedule that could, you know, ultimately favor them. Yeah. And I think Patriot fans would argue that the, Roger Goodell personally has tried to be that equalizer uh, towards <laughs> the Patriots, but uh, you know, I don't think anybody outside the city of Boston would quite agree to that stance, but um, no one, yeah, no one outside of Boston <laughs> would agree to that. <laughs> but uh, DW, um, you know, welcome back to the world. You got anything that you you you're plugging? Anything you're looking forward to? I know the draft is next week, so um, draft is next week. We'll be having a, a Facebook Live um, session on the first night of the draft. Uh, so check that out on the Falcoholic Facebook page. Um, you can find me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Uh, primarily these days, I'm focusing on the podcast, uh, which you know we're trying to land. Uh, we're we're going to get back into a weekly schedule coming up here soon, uh, especially once camp hits. We'll definitely be, uh, you know, landing that uh, every every week uh, once once things get ramped up there. But uh, yeah, that's 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 what I've got going on these days. Well, DW, I say welcome back to the podcast where we can reignite this um, rivalry. 
Um, you know, I got some grief on Twitter today about taking a week off on this podcast because it's a daily show. But, you know, I think you guys took like two months off. So, yeah, um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, you know, guys, you know, I, I just direct your anger at DW, not me. I, you know, I'm I'm doing the best I can. Yes, um, bring your anger to me. I It, it fuels me. It drives me. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you coming on and talking the schedule with me. Um, it's 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 an intriguing set of sixteen games, and, and we'll see what the Falcons do with it. Um, I'm excited. I'm eager. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. And uh, even though I, I know you consider yourself to be a little bit more optimistic, I do appreciate you, DW, because you at least have a hint of realism in your your outlook. Um, you're just not that guy in the weeds like, Oh, we're going 16 and Oh, and we're going to be the greatest team in the, in the history. You know, it's just, yeah, I, I, I have a problem with those types of people. I know that person doesn't exist, but it fuels me to make, to make believe that there's a person out there that I have to be the polar opposite of. So <laughs> um, you're, you know. you're like the Samuel L. Jackson in, um, in unbreakable. Like you've got yeah. to be the offset to uh, Bruce <laughs> yes. Willis. That's a good. That's a good analogy. I like that. Yeah, uh, I am Mr. Glass. Call me Mr. Glass. Mr. Glass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I look All forward right, to de- debating you during the season, man. Yes, yes, we can um, argue about the most Kamal Ishmael and all this sort of minutiae that <laughs> when you're too deep into this, you get into these four-hour Twitter debates about stupid stuff. Is Tom Compton the legitimate swing tackle? <laughs> Who gives a damn? <laughs> we will in August. <laughs> I tell you that much. <laughs> uh, you got that right. Yeah. All right, man. Appreciate it. Have a good night. All right. See ya. All right, folks. That was our show. Um, had to last a little longer than I planned, but it's because me and DW. We needed to catch up. We haven't really talked that much in the last month or so. So um, I know I've been off for a little bit this week, and I I apologize for that. I know we're supposed to be a daily show, but I was trying to line up. I'm not going to make excuses, but I'm hoping that you will see a podcast, if not every day, almost every day, starting today that you're listening to this through the week after the draft. So... I'm lining up some guests, so that that this week off has been me trying to get this these ducks in a row for this sprint to the draft and and the follow up after the draft. So look forward to that. We'll be back tomorrow talking a little bit more draft stuff with a guest, and then we'll get back to the grind next week leading up into the draft. Hopefully, we'll get four shows up before draft day, uh, three at a minimum. And uh, then we'll be back every day that week to recap the draft. So you guys know what to do. Um, submit your Twitter questions to Locked On Falcons on Twitter. I'm at Falcfans. Um, you can email the show at LockedOnFalcons at mail.com. You can also submit a comment on Audioboom or Falcfans.com, wherever you find your podcast. Subscribe, give us a like, thumbs up, all that jazz, whatever it is, your podcast platform in terms of um, – saying good positive things about the podcast and um that's it uh i i got nothing else to say so i'm bad at intros i'm bad at outros so uh, nothing changes right all right see you guys tomorrow you are locked on falcon 
your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are 30 minutes from it dropping, even though technically it leaked a little bit earlier in the day if you're a Falcons fan, but we are going to talk about that all day and all night for the rest of this episode. I'm terrible at intros. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.